1: there, and welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and holy shit, what an episode, I'm just, uh, I can't even talk, <laughs> I can't even think right, <laughs> my name's Adam, I'm a
2: host of this podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Key. I'm Nick, I'm sitting in Bayside's uh, gear storage locker, getting ready to rehearse, and uh, this is the time of the day that we are recording today. <laughs> We're making it happen, but yeah, I've watched this at 2 a.m. Central Time and then at 8 a.m. Central Time, so I'm ready.
1: Let's do this. Let's do it. We're, of course, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, the Disney Plus series, part three. Um, I couldn't even, like, I I just, like, I can't can't even get through the title of our show. I'm just, I don't know if I was just so tired when we watched part one and part two that I couldn't have the kind of emotional reaction that I just had now. You know, I was just exhausted. Yeah. So I was sitting by myself with my laptop downstairs in my house. I'm finally home from Celebration. And oh my God, like that opening montage-ish, pseudo montage, this like the cross-cutting between Obi-Wan and Vader. Mm. Dude, yep. Darth Vader is in the fucking building. So cool. The man is here. And it you know, it ends with, with the helmet coming down across Hayden Christensen's face. Looks so good. Just like 2005. You look handsome. You look handsome, Vader. Love it. Oh man, brutal! And it's like very Matrix too on his back, Mm -hmm. how everything plugs in and like the, you know, unscrewing with the uh, the little pincers, the um, the back to tubes.
0: I mean, we've seen snippets throughout the years of Vader suiting up, right? Yeah. But dude, the prosthetics like getting twisted in and the Matrix style like Mm -hmm. spinal (laughs) shit on his back and. I ha- I got this sense of like super sterile like antimicrobial material for his armor like being placed on him like all that steam and heat and yeah, shit yeah. Like, cleaning it all so it can you know and and also just knowing it's Hayden Christensen's eyes in all of that shit was just crazy. So I'm already on that level and then Hugh McGregor is crushing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that boy good.
0: I, I mean crushing
2: I, I i just allow myself to this is the one disney series that i've ha- allowed myself to have expectations so i'm like i'm waiting for something emotional to happen and the emotion in this one was fear yeah Vader was a villain yeah Vader's the villain that we have read about we haven't seen it you know besides we all really got excited for the hallway scene in rogue one but this was this was villainous yeah like <laughs> the evilest of the evil yes yeah. and presented that way like horror yeah. movie yeah very cool
0: okay let's talk about this really quick let's talk about how we've got hands getting chopped off we've got jedi being roped up you know all but hung yeah. lynched terrible awful hateful things yeah. that are being shown on screen in the star wars universe the stormtrooper getting cut in half by that gate the laser gate yes yeah, or whatever. by the gate mm-hmm. and then vader walking down the street dude he literally just snaps a dude a young person's neck dead. Yes. You're dead. yeah. <laughs> no force choke. Just turns his hand and you hear the crack of his neck. This is on a level we have never seen, as far as brutality, yeah in, in Star Wars, right? You know? I mean,
1: we've seen stuff approaching it in Mando, but this is truly like,
0: yes, yeah, dark next level I mean, really dark. I, I love the, how they're they're committing to a bit of reality, like how mm-hmm. how giving the empire even more depth by actually showing their ruthlessness and their methods of keeping everyone in line. Um, I loved all the dirty stormtroopers, you know, the guys who've been out in the field and they aren't all shiny and new on the Death Star like we're used to seeing, you know. Yeah. Um, Also seen a little bit of that in Mando, obviously, but this was like, these goos are just out They're grunts out there working yeah. you know um i i loved a lot the different voices we got from all the different stormtroopers the the female character that played i don't know who the actress was that that was in the suit but that you know there's a female stormtrooper i love that i a lot to love dude i don't know where to stop yeah. i mean it's just it was an incredible 45 minutes of television star wars aside it was it was epic yeah it it was like the third act of a film and we're not even half <laughs> we're, you know we're only halfway through
1: yeah So let's kind of break it down like kind of part by part. We're going to skip stolen plans for these reaction episodes and wait until we do the full season breakdown to get into all those details. So Mm. um, let's talk about just like character wise. Let's talk about Vader and Anakin because this is, you know, this is 10 years in. We're talking um, Mm -hmm. nine BBY, right? 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So we've got Mustafar happening. Fortress Vader is up and running. Vader's obsessed. He's talking about Kenobi is all that matters now. I don't give a shit about the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor could be in a stew and my mom could be eating him. I don't <laughs> care. It's about Kenobi. Uh, Fortress Inquisitorius is just so sick. that That's up and running. That's on a moon of Mustafar called Ner, N-E-R. Um, the third sister, Riva, she's vying for power. She's trying to be the new Grand Inquisitor.
2: And she also, yeah,
1: she she seems like she has a
2: direct a more direct connection to vader too yeah, yeah. She, there's some information a lot li- like a line of information there that isn't with the other inquisitors yeah for sure which is
1: interesting that actor man she is like it's so f- up the hate that she's getting she's so awesome she's yeah, like it's haunting great. it's just f- scary like vader's next level but she's terrifying to me she's doing great and you know
2: obviously can't even speak on racism even though like obviously that's wrong but it's uh it's just such a automatic thing these days in star wars that it needs to be ignored in a certain sense like all i'll say is like always stick up and fight against racism obviously we all do that if we're good people but there needs to be a level of all of us understanding that there are bots doing this there are trolls doing this and those two entities don't deserve our attention. So right. fight racism every turn that you can against actual people who are shitty people, but don't waste your time arguing with a bot or a troll. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I get to say about that. And, yeah. you know, I don't, so we stupid.
0: don't even need to get into it. I will just say that if you're listening to this, take a moment to go see Ewan's message because I think it's really important. And it's it's everything we stand for here on the pod, positive energy, no hate within the community. And this is such an incredible experience. And it has to be tainted with this shit, you know? So anyways, I only wanted to say that to say, if you haven't seen Ewan's message, I don't I don't necessarily need to do it because he did it and he, I'm not going to do it as well as him. So just go check it out.
1: So speaking of Ewan McGregor, let's talk about Obi-Wan really briefly and then we'll get into uh, kind of the meat of the episode, and Ben's dynamic. Um, ben, we're going to call him Ben throughout this series because that's who he is now. Mm-hmm. And he says as much when he meets the informant Tala, which was such a cool moment. She's like, I never thought Obi-Wan Kenobi would be afraid of anything. And he's, rather than <laughs> countering that point, he just says, oh, it's, it's Ben these days. So anyway, Ben, man, the, that opening scene, him pleading with Qui-Gon to speak to him is so heart-wrenching. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a throwback to Luke pleading for Ben to speak to him in The Empire Strikes Back. And there's a real good
2: parallel to, we'll get to it later.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: There's a certain thing that he is doing and not doing. That mm-hmm. Luke does in Empire Strikes Back, so we'll get to that.
1: Then he has the vision of Anakin on the hill when they get to they get down to that planet. Oh, baby, is that good? Oh, really, really good de aging too of of Hayden. Mm-hmm. He looked yeah. spot on. Episode three. You notice how the camera kind of rocks? He gets mm-hmm. kind of queasy when he sees yeah. it. I think that happens too when he senses Vader. Like, oh yeah. time in the in <sighs> the, dude <laughs> that <laughs> oh little god. town there. It's great. That was so sick. Oh my god. But he, um, despite all this, he's really settling into that kind of guardian figure to Leia, Mm -hmm. kind of parental figure, um, you know, and then he's, he's posing as her father. That's their kind of their Mm -hmm. alibi. Those are their um, aliases, I guess. And all all the interaction now getting into Leia and Ben and their dynamic, all, all their interaction, like on that transport the way he talks about Padme and the way he, you know, the, the way it kind of trickles into that, you know? Mm-hmm. He looks at her and says,
3: Sometimes when I look at Luma,
1: I see her mother's face.
3: We all miss her very much.
0: Dude. I, Leia, I, I think the actress that, that's playing Leia, um, Vivian Lira Blair, I think she is really. Um, something we've talked about on the pod a lot about casting children and the dice you roll because it's one thing in the audition. It's another thing when you get them on set for 12 hours a day, you know? And there were some moments in this episode that were pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, dude, the the whole scene, are you my real father? Yes. Like, uh, what was happening, bro? Dude, yeah. she's just, <laughs> she's killing it. She's very forward. and And in those moments, she's playing the character with all of this sort of, I don't know. The Leia is very demanding, you know, yeah. and she's she's playing that like I want this information and I want it now. Yeah. But the, as a child, she's also playing it with this incredible vulnerability that is like, like softness, right? Like what a ballsy question to ask. You knew my real mother, didn't you? Are you my real father? Right? Like that's that's a lot for a kid to. But there is this softness to it in those moments also, and I think. She's coming into her own really big time. I mean, I think she's handling it extremely well for a child actor. The, their relationship is just just incredible. And I love that he didn't want to go because he's supposed to protect Luke, but we're watching in real time him like falling in love with, with Leia as, a, as like a, an, a daughter or a, yeah. a, a Padawan, you know, as well. It's so, it's so rad.
1: And then like she's falling in love with him as a father figure and it makes it so much more powerful and emotional and poignant that she then names her son Ben
0: dude i mean <laughs> how, how how heavy is that I know and like like the classic retcon term that is used like that's just that's just lucky i mean you know what I mean the fact that JJ wrote it and, and named him Ben.
1: Yeah.
0: Just because he thought, I, I, like, or did J.J. Abrams come in to these writing sessions in some way and be like, you know, by the way, the reason I named Ben Solo Ben is because I kind of had it in my head yeah. that Leia and, and and Obi-Wan went on an adventure together when she was young. And they were like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, who knows? Who knows? But either way, I'm here for it and and nailed it. Yep. It's it's so awesome. And we said this uh, after we watched the first couple episodes and our sort of drunken rants about the first couple hours of this show. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. It's a whole new level, mm. dude. <laughs> yes. You knew her. My real mother, didn't you? It was just a story. The whole time I've known you, you've been hiding something. Lying to me.
3: Leia.
1: Are you my
3: real father? I wish I could say I was.
2: But no, I'm not.
1: Sometimes I try to imagine what he was like.
2: Oh, man. That's a lot. There's so much to be said about just... When you're on a certain level, whether you you enjoy the prequels, you watch the animation, you know these characters, you know these relationships, you know the story. So when you look at little Leia, all you're thinking of is Leia Organa, General Leia, Princess Leia, all the entity, like everything that makes up Leia. You're looking at this little girl and you get to take in like everything that Leia is. And that's the same thing with just referencing Padme. You're like, I get yeah, all man. the depth of this story.
1: It's so great. And she, her vibe, she's so intuitive, so smart and quick-witted and sharp, mm-hmm. and obviously Force-sensitive, you know? Yeah. Now that we know that about her, you can kind of see it when you look back at the original trilogy, how she, you know, she was so skilled, obviously, because she's Force-sensitive. She's just smarter and, mm-hmm. and everything else, but we're really seeing it in her as a child, just like yeah. little Anakin, you know?
2: Well, you you say it every once in a while on the pod where like
1: they're being force sensitive isn't
2: being necessarily being a Jedi. Like, yeah. you know, like uh, just about lifting rocks. Yeah. Maybe Han has a higher chlorian count, but obviously not like Yoda or Anakin or whatever. But maybe right. that makes them more intuitive or more just skilled in certain ways. So Leia right now might not. She might be showing as as Owen said in, in the first episode. Oh, how she cool
1: might is be that? showing, but it's not about lifting rocks. I love that line. Yeah, to it, real cool. It was like a clever way to say that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then talking about the force directly, when Leia does the <laughs> absolutely stereotypical spot-on kid in the back of a car, "Are we almost there?" thing, <laughs> and even says, yeah. "Can't you make this thing go any faster?" and says, "Can't you use the force on it or something?" <laughs> yeah. And Ben says, "That's not how it works." And I don't know about <laughs> you, but in that moment, I'm thinking, "Okay, are we going to get a version of what he tells Luke?" in his house in A New Mm -hmm. Hope, but they instead did something that was so sweet, but like brutal Mm -hmm. because it it was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant masterclass screenwriting shit where they said the fewest words possible, but it, it told us like three or four different things all at once. Very impactful. It really told us something about the force. It gave us a good sense of what it really is like. And it also gave us a really good sense of what it's like for all the force users now Mm -hmm. because they are in the dark. The light's not on. They're afraid of the dark. Yep. And then also notice no score, nothing Mm -hmm. like when, when, when Obi-Wan tells Luke about it, the score swells in, you know, and it's that part of the movie. It's that classic thing. It's the binary sunset, all of that. We don't get any of that. It's silent. He's just alone in the dark. Yep. And God, is it, Brutal and, and, and brilliant. Yeah. Brilliantly done. It's heartbreaking. And right now, like his hope
2: right now is basically been Luke. And now mm-hmm. it, we, we're all getting this new interaction with Leia. But then just him, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit more too. Just him seeing that Quinlan's around. Yeah. they in a safe there, house. There's, there's a safe house. There's the path, is what Tala calls it. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all things that are going to spark him to become Obi-Wan again. It's not just about keeping an eye on Luke. Yeah. There's a rebellion beginning. There's hope for Jedi. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot that is kind of what you said too. It's like, it's all being presented a little simplistic, but it's very impactful.
1: It's efficient writing. Yeah. Really. It's very, um, very much like a Jedi and rebellion underground railroad that's happening kind of with Tala and that whole thing, Yeah, which I think is going to just an indication of what and, is probably going to be like, you know, a network, a literal underground series of tunnels and this and that and things mm-hmm. that they're using yep. to try to keep people safe and fight against the empire. It's great stuff. Um, as soon as Ben sends Leia off with Tala, I was like, Oh God, this isn't going to be good. There's no way. Yeah. Like, What is he doing? <laughs> and then when Leia's like, I'll be fine, you know, and Tala goes back to help. There it was. I mean, she's screwed. She's going to get captured. And that of course was the ending, but um, a lot went down. In the meantime, so let's talk about the battle really quickly. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? Did you expect lightsabers to actually clash in this? No, especially
2: because he has been using a blaster and his fists. Yeah. You know, like he's putting off using the lightsaber. And honestly, mm-hmm. he is still trying not to use it until Vader makes him use it in defense. Yeah, You know, it's, it's very uh, interesting when he finally actually does use it. It's just yeah. like he had to at that point. I still don't think Vader was like trying to kill him because that's just, in my opinion, Vader is in this whole sequence has decided that he wants Obi-Wan to suffer and he's going to make him suffer. But also that's just Ben right now. Like he wants to pull out Obi-Wan from Ben as if they're two separate entities to make Obi-Wan suffer, not Ben. So he's messing with him.
1: Yeah. And he's doing everything he can to draw him out in the literal and metaphorical sense, starting with, coming through the village, massacring people Yep. to just like the inquisitor said that with the Jedi can't help. Mm-hmm. They can't watch people suffer. They can't, they can't not be who they are. Right. Yeah. So like when he just starts choking people and he pulls that one guy through the window. Hmm. So dope. And then dragging the other one behind him and he snaps at one guy's neck. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. It's very uh it's very hardcore for Disney plus I'll tell you that much yeah
0: I mean <laughs> dude you will suffer as I did your pain is only just beginning yeah like, unreal obi-wan laying there in that fire burning alive literally uh, screaming in pain while while Anakin's just watching him mm-hmm. I can't believe we're allowed to have the this <laughs> yeah. these nice things
2: I I <laughs> literally at like one or I guess I'm Central time so it's like two Forty-five, two thirty, whatever, whatever time it is, I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Like in a,
1: in the best way possible. Yeah. I'm like, how am I watching this right now? How's this possible? <laughs> yeah, and I think, like you said, he's trying to draw him out, not just because he wants to fight him and kill him and beat him, but I think he wants like another real showdown. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to just end his life. It's like the Rebels episode where with um, the old uh, what do you call it, tactical droid. Who wants one last battle? Yeah, yeah. To prove, you know, that his calculations about, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know, so him and Rex, it's it's kind of it's kind of like that. It's kind of um, those kind of stories. Yeah. It's like he's trying to draw him out and make him be the Obi Wan Kenobi that was his brother who betrayed him, who mm-hmm. you know, who basically defeated him. I, I think why
2: it's about suffering and not necessarily about death, because what we've learned through other media besides live action or even animation is that being vader is suffering it's physically suffering his suit hurts being like he has to do his whole back to tank routine i'm gonna assume possibly more than once a day like being vader is physically suffering yeah and he blames obi-wan for that and i think that's kind of the goal here it isn't clearly at any point he could slice Ben in half in this instance but he chooses to not do that Yeah, he's literally fighting him with one hand
1: <laughs> yeah he's obviously much more powerful at this point
2: yeah exactly he has one hand on his saber Ben doesn't even want to fight he literally runs multiple times before mm-hmm. he pulls out the saber so I think this is more about suffering because that's what Vader's been doing for 10 years he's suffered like it's physically
1: suffering to be Vader and dude he says you should have killed me when you had the chance yeah oh my god it's so good and then the best the best quote of the whole thing
3: Mm -hmm.
1: when finally you know they're having the uh the high nude standoff right there obi-wan says to anakin
3: what have you become i am what
1: you made me at first the very first time i heard it i was like that cadence was a little yeah. unexpected. I noticed
2: it right away. Totally noticed right away that that was something. Yeah. Something was up
1: with that. And we, we just went back and listened to it again right before we started recording. And it's obviously, it's a mashup of Hayden Christensen and James Earl Jones. Really? Yeah.
2: So if you listen to the quote, I am is clearly Hayden Christensen. Then James Earl Jones saying, what you made me. I am.
1: What you made me. Wow. That is brilliant and amazing. That is so cool. I I would have to, I'll be really excited to see the behind the scenes stuff. I'm sure the Mm -hmm. Disney, they might do a full like five episode Disney gallery on this. (laughs) I Um, hope so. I would guess that they're doing a similar thing to what Mark Hamill's doing with the body double in the Mandalorian stuff and the book of Boba Fett stuff Mm -hmm. where they're kind of working together together sort of mimicking each other and working out the cadence and and, and whatnot. So I, w- I would guess that they both recorded that line with the exact same cadence
3: mm-hmm.
1: modulated Hayden's voice mixed it in and it got, it was just brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. And then the, the end of the fight, I had this thought at first, I thought it and just went away. was fine. Then someone tweeted about it and it made me really think the idea that that wall of fire there, you know, eight feet of fire or whatever is enough for a droid to come get Ben and take him away. And Vader, couldn't get to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Like obviously he could force pull him right through that. Yeah. It's so obvious that he can do that. That, that had to be a a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. So my interpretation is Vader thinks he has him. He knows he's more powerful than screwed. Mm -hmm. Typical arrogant Anakin, even if he is right. Right. So that's, that's on brand. And knowing that Kenobi's scared, he's beaten down, he's weak. He's not himself. Like he's, he's trying to pull him out. Like you said, He can probably sense also that he's hiding and or protecting someone. He's probably figuring just other Jedi. Mm. He doesn't know that he has kids yet. So he's, he's playing, he's playing chess. He's going strategy wise. So it's like Thrawn style almost. So he wants to see what else he can get out of him. I'm assuming. And he also just wants him to suffer longer. So let him run, let him be scared and then we'll catch up with him and I'll really make him suffer. Yep. Great, great stuff.
0: Mind blowing. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we could have asked for a better scene or, you know, sequence, I guess, because it was a couple of scenes. But it's a lot.
2: And assuming we are correct, there is a lot more coming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is amazing. Like more brutal. Like this isn't the rematch of the century that Kathleen Kennedy said two years ago. This is the beginning of it.
1: Right. Not one and done on the third episode. Because, I mean... We could get
2: into this right now. Let's let's do the den because I feel like there's some Qui-Gon stuff that could come up in in the den.
1: For over a thousand generations,
3: it is the Dark Side. it's a calicole.
1: A Sith
0: Wayfinder, dark science,
2: cloning, the secrets only the Sith knew. All right, just a few, but some fun stuff. Let's start with this because I think this will get into a, a Qui-Gon mini convo here. So when they're in the safe house, Tala's safe house, Obi-Wan says Quinlan was here. So Quinlan Voss alive, part of the rebellion. I mean, maybe not part of the rebellion, but someone
1: helping Force-sensitive kids stay safe. Yeah. So that's cool. And for anyone who doesn't know who Quinlan Voss is, he was in the Clone Wars. He was really quickly in the background in the prequels. Phantom Menace, yeah. Phantom Menace, yeah. He's got long, dark hair, and he's got like a, a thin yellow line that goes across the bridge of his nose, across his face. Mm-hmm. He's a really cool character. He's a kind of a funny character. In The Clone Wars, he's kind of the, the star quarterback kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And People are like, oh God, here comes yeah. Quinlan. Anyway, so he's here.
2: So, Quinlan wrote on the wall, only when the eyes are closed can you truly see. And Leia says, see what? And Obi says, the way. So, this has me thinking that Multiple times in three episodes, Ben is asking for Qui-Gon to show up. And every time he's been doing that, his eyes are open. So that's the wrong way to do it, brother. <laughs> when you're a Jedi, you close your eyes and you meditate and things happen. You know, at this point, like he's still learning how to like commune with his old master. And maybe he didn't think in the last 10 years to close his eyes and do it. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but I think that that's a, that's a big reveal to me that... Qui-Gon is coming in a sense. I don't know if we'll just hear him. I don't know if maybe we'll see him. I don't know. But I think Ben is going to realize that he needs to close his eyes to truly see.
1: Literally and and, and figuratively. Yep, absolutely. Also, speaking of um, reveals concerning Obi-Wan, he has a brother. Mm-hmm. We knew he had parents, obviously, like everyone. But yeah. n- that's news to us that he has a brother. And the way he describes how it goes down with the Jedi, the fact that he can't even remember his family. hmm Oh. Wait a minute. You are my brother, Anakin. There you go. It was Anakin. Well, that too. Anakin's his brother. <laughs> but, um, man. Crazy. Uh, as much as I love the Jedi, this is, this is the stuff that really shows all their flaws. Totally. It's just, you know, throw this on the pile of all the shit they've done wrong. Uh, so who knows if we'll eventually see that dude in comics or something, or maybe... I mean, who knows? Yeah. And a um, little fun one, Freck, the transport driver mm. with the, the kind of beaver teeth and the weird the yeah. nose with the little tentacle things. Very cartoony voice. Yeah. And I
2: would have bet my entire life savings, <laughs> Finn and my career, anything, basically my entire life that that was Seth Rogen and I would have lost because <laughs> that's not Seth Rogen. It was Zach Braff apparently doing a Seth Rogen impersonation. Oh my God. Wow. How is that not Seth Rogen? My goodness, Seth Rogen's gonna have to show up in something. Like, that I mean, yeah, he's just. How do you not put Seth Rogen? <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, with that, voice. that would have been the perfect like goofy-looking, like chubby alien character yeah. to have a Seth Rogen laugh.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> and lastly, the the idea of trying to reach out to qui and and make that connection. You have to close your eyes. You have, you have to do all this. He's he's taken a, a tip off the wall from Quinlan, but I think there's a chance based on. The line of dialogue that closed episode three, when Yoda says, teach you to commune with him, I will, about Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon. What if Yoda literally teaches Obi-Wan in this series? Yeah, could be. Could be rebel style, like in one of the temples. He could actually see Yoda somewhere. Mm -hmm. He could actually go to him or vice versa. Yep. Oh, dude. Maybe that's too much. I don't know. Or maybe maybe it's Yoda and Qui-Gon connecting through the force remotely to Obi-Wan. Maybe that's how it goes down. But I think the chances of Yoda being involved at least as a voice through the Force are pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's my prediction. I mean, people lie for sure but
2: Liam Neeson's Mm -hmm. for sure has said he's not in this series. (laughs) He could be lying. Okay. (laughs) Maybe there's some nuance there and he's not in it but his voice is. I don't know. Whatever. All
1: Alright, let's be done now. I know: what's your favorite scene or quote nick
2: Oof! can i just let me let me preface all of this by saying ben kenobi has got some good style yeah the, he, he is wearing like slim fit garb and i like it and i need to put that outfit together for the next convention or something it looks good that slim fit hobo desert boho Yeah, like the fact that his pants in particular are, I wouldn't say they're skinny, but they're slim. Yeah. And I'm like, "Mm, this is good. This looks good, dude. (laughs) Um, My favorite part, I I mean, man, it's got to be the first like WTF moment was for sure him walking through the town and just pulling out. Innocent civilians and oh, oh killing some of them. Yes. So I'll, I'll go with that because whether or not <laughs> that's my favorite, that got <laughs> that was that got the first like emotional reaction out of me. Yeah, like physical. What am I watching? I can't believe this. It, like, thank goodness they did that. That's so cool.
0: Ryan, how about you? <sighs> Moment or quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I already gave away my favorite quote, which was a s- sequence of quotes: Obi Wan to Leia. Yeah.
1: Have, Have you ever been, been afraid? afraid
0: of the dark? And she says, yes. How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. Because she says, can't you use the force on it or something yeah, to make yeah. the ship go faster? Because yeah. that's not how it works. And, she, and then, again, little Leia killing it. She's, she's not like, well, fine. How? She gets very inquisitive and yeah. very focused and says, well, how does it work? Dude. You know, I mean, it's awesome. Oh. I think I'll, I, I, you know, I could definitely say if, you know favorite quote and and favorite scene. My, my favorite scene was Obi Wan just getting his ass beat by Vader. Yeah, and the idea that obviously this has to go on. This this is you know beyond my favorite scene, obviously, but that it has to go on. The journey has to go on and searching for Obi Wan, and there's going to be another big fight at the end. It's like how do you do? How do you do that, right? How do you how do you keep chasing? How do you keep the chase alive? And I think this was done really well. I, you know, I. Vader was going to do it slow and painful and take a long time. He wasn't just going to kill him. So he did give him time to get away. You know, he's got help there. Dude, the, the fake Jedi in episode two, you're not alone, Obi-Wan. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're out there. Good people are helping or whatever she says in the tunnel, the Imperial officer that's, that's helping them, you know? Yep. Seeds of the rebellion, man. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Mine is
1: emotionally in term uh, like on a, like a positive emotional level, like a nostalgic, happy to be sad. Emotional level is the conversation between Leia and Ben about family. I'm probably going to mash up a whole bunch of different stuff from different moments, but especially when he looks at her and says, when I, when, when I look at her, sometimes I see her, her mother. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff, but I don't know. Combine all their conversations together, I guess. It's just perfect. I think that little girl is so perfect. I am not a fan of children. My wife and I are not having them. We I just we like dogs and not little human babies, <laughs> but I would adopt that girl in a second. She can come live at our house. I love yeah. her. She's beautiful and perfect. But that said, nothing to me touches the I am what you made me line. Yeah, that's incredible, especially how it was treated too. Yeah, so, so that's got to be it for me.
2: Love that. Also, I learned that the actress that plays Leia is... I guess best known for she was the daughter in Bird Box. Sandra
1: oh, Bullock. no way. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Which
2: I guess would be hard to know because I don't know that we see her without her eyes covered, right? I don't I'm remember. i not totally sure.
1: I just remember that movie having some amazing performances. Mm-hmm. She's
2: great. Yeah, she's great. She's great because I think the best way for me, I'm how I'm interpreting the acting is she's acting perfectly on the line of like, I'm a little kid and also I'm literally princess leia yes right on
1: the line agreed spot on all right we're gonna wrap up uh we're trying to keep these short because not only do i have a ton of stuff to edit because we're trying to play catch up from celebration but we need to cover other things so you're getting more than the typical uh once a week episode so um mm-hmm. i'm gonna get to work now
2: yeah we'll do a full-on you know more in-depth wrap up once all six episodes are done
1: too so these are a little uh on the fly trying to keep it quick trying to uh keep it fresh all right nick uh tell the people what you have coming up real quick and where they can find you on social
2: media well like i said i am in bayside storage locker right now recording so apologies if it's noisy or i sound weirder than uh normal but uh go on tour this friday the third we start our co-headliner with thrice through june 21st so if we are coming to your city please Come check out the tour. Most of these places that we're hitting on this tour will be the only time we play that city this year. So don't miss out. And that's it. Catch up on the Radio Radio Show. Just like Adam, we're, uh, I've, we've are all been just so busy, so I didn't do an episode this week. But the last two episodes, if you uh, skipped out on them, go check those out. Pretty please. And keep up with me on tour at Nick Bayside.
0: Uh, all of my stuff is at William Ryan Key. You can also check out my new musical project, uh, which I'm very excited about and working on with my friend Ryan Mendez, who was a, a fellow bandmate in Yellow Card. We have a project called Jedha. If you're a Star Wars fan, you get it. We thought the name was like just off the off the path enough to where if you're not a Star Wars fan, you might not get it. So, um, But you can check out Jedha at Jedha Music on socials or just listen to jetta on on spotify apple music wherever you stream your music every play counts right now we're like we're starting a new band you know it's not a band it's it's just the two of us making like ambient electronica but uh we need all the help we can get so check out jetta and uh i think that's it
1: check out my new computer group <laughs> my stuff is all at adam the skull it is at thank the maker pod on instagram and tiktok it's at thank the maker on twitter also follow at mosh icely on Twitter and Instagram Lots more to come from that A Pretty significant announcement Soonish Look out for that Follow those At Mosh Isley Thank you for listening And until next week May the force be with you